Hello, Steel Magnolias. When you hear tamale, do you automatically think Mexico or Central or Latin America? Well, here in the South, the Mississippi Delta has their own version of a tamale, and that's what we will dive into today. So here we go. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Well, sis, I did something this weekend that for some reason I forget to do often. And that is I copied a recipe from somebody that has copied a recipe of a restaurant item I love. Oh, Are you following? So I don't know why I said that so funny, but... No, like you want to look up what's that white sauce at che- at Chewy's, yeah. you know, like that crack ranch stuff. Yeah, that stuff's good, <laughs> or something like that. But the you che- know, yeah. Sometimes you just have your go to at a restaurant, and occasionally it's something where you're like, I could make this. Why don't I ever make this? Yeah. So anyway, and or what's their special? What makes theirs so special? My item this week was the Tzatziki's lemon chicken soup. Oh, which, which I, I only, literally crave if I'm sick. I only get if I'm sick, if I'm really needing something nice and brothy and it's very lemony. Yeah. So it seems like what your body would need. And it is what your body needs. Yeah. And I know that now because I have freshly you made squeezed it. the lemons myself. How so many lemons? I doubled the recipe. So it was eight. Okay. Yeah. Because it's very lemony. So. Um, flavor in their broth, but so good. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. because Did it turn out good? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, hook it in the show notes in case somebody wants to do it. Yeah, I don't know if, how big Tzatziki's is. It's just a Mediterranean restaurant, but they're known more, like, more for, you know, hummus or a good Greek salad or things like that. But yeah, they've got this good soup that I just love. So anyway, I just thought it'd be fun to mention, like... <laughs> Hey, if you love something from a restaurant PSA in in this day and age, you can look it up. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention that we have a new quest that we are on. We are on a quest to figure out how we can all better our hospitality game in 2021 amidst COVID-19. Yeah. Because it's still here. We're still dealing. It's still cold here in in our area of the South. Maybe not in the tip of Miami. Right. Most of the South is cold. So I think everybody, you know, in general, pre-COVID needed betterment on their hospitality game, myself included. But now that this has all hit, it's It's almost people's excuse to like, oh, I can't right now. Yeah, we're not seeing people. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. There are some creatives out there that have done some things outside the box or that have done something very simply that worked. Yeah. And we want to hear from you. So we are doing a little call for entries, if you will. 90 seconds or less is all we need. We want you to, um, not video, audio record yourself at the link in the show notes. Go there and tell us in 90 seconds or less, what are you doing? Or maybe even something you've observed. Maybe you've been the guest yourself. Somebody that really did hospitality in a creative, interesting, or even simple way amidst COVID-19. I love that. And I would even love for us to hear from other countries, listeners yes. in other countries. Thank you for mentioning that. Or any that. places, but um, maybe they've got ideas we don't have. So true. We have listeners. I'm calling you out. Poland, Ireland, Ireland uh, 
New Zealand and Canada specifically. Okay. Those areas. And didn't I we know. already have Australia? So yeah, but we want to hear from you. Any of y'all that are listening, whether you're U.S. or outside the U.S., we would love to hear from you. And it won't take you long. It's a click of a button. All you got to do is be on something that has a microphone that can record you. So very cool. Oh, yeah. We got to hear it. And we'll actually possibly use their clips in the podcast. Yeah. We're going to circle back on this for sure. So that could be really fun. Yeah. Okay. So I have so many road trips I want to make. And I know a lot of people are looking for road trips for vacations and things because they're just not ready to fly yet. Uh, Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I have many that I long to make, even just in the South. But um, I feel like Mississippi has a lot to offer with Oxford and Vicksburg and Natchez and just lots of Southern history and, you know, lots of beautiful things to see, important history, some difficult history. Sure. A lot of difficult history down that way. Sure. Um, But yummy food. And who knew? Tamales. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about tamales. <laughs> I feel like I have to come clean on this one, and I feel like I do that on several topics. But I thought tamale for the longest time was indeed a pepper itself. So when I thought of a plate of tamales, okay, I was picturing a stuffed pepper. So um, you were a visualizing or like a plate of chili rellenos. Yeah. Or something like that, but thought that's what tamales were. Yes. Okay. Um, I didn't even really think much about was it like spicy hot or not, but for some reason it was in a it was stuffed it was in, in a, pepper a pepper to me, and that is not the case. <laughs> that is not the case. So, what, did you visualize this pepper also in a corn husk? No, or you didn't know about the. Corn I thought husk? that was the. I thought the corn husk ah. was a pepper. Oh, I'm okay. tracking. Okay. So apologies to those of you that are diehard tamales. She ain't got no Hispanic blood <laughs> in her veins, but we eat Mexican a lot. So that does surprise me a little bit. Well, and I studied in Spain, but I don't remember us having something of this sort of cuisine. So if you're on my side of the fence, <laughs> welcome. And you're like, what is a tamale? So well, the word tamale, I mean, it is Spanish. It derives actually from the, the Aztec word, which means wrapped food tamale oh. means wrapped food law we wrap okay. all kinds of things up here so so but i do think this topic is the perfect illustration of like migration in america and products that came out of the people now living in a new land bringing their old traditions yes we mentioned that sort of thing a lot on here but this today again is another perfect illustration of a people group that came into the South and now are bringing their recipes, but doing it a little different now that they're in the South. That's right. Well, it's still kind of a mystery as to how these tamales came about in the Delta. So I don't know if you read much about that. But I there's, read a little, There's yeah. different theories as to how why that ever even happened. Um, Some say that migrant cotton harvesters from Mexico introduced this to the area because there certainly were many that came to work the cotton fields. So they would, like you just said, bring what they were used to eating there. And also, I mean, tamales are filling and easy to carry. I can see how that would be something you might take into the field. Yes. 
um, kind of like it reminds me of the Scottish egg in Scotland. Yeah. That was something that was really hearty that they could stick in their pocket mm-hmm. and eat. Mm-hmm. You know, similar kind of yes. idea with the tamale. Um, some people believe that these actually date back to the Native Americans who once lived in the Delta. Mm-hmm. That that's they did a lot of things with corn, so perhaps this was their version of mm-hmm. what you see in lots of areas of Latin America. Um, And then still others are convinced that soldiers that returned from the Mexican-American War in the late 1840s may have enjoyed that in their time there and brought that back. Okay. I don't know. I still kind of feel like it's this migration thing, like you said, where they're bringing what's familiar and using what they have. Yes. That makes it a little, they are a little different in the Delta than what you might see in other parts of Mexico or Central America, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I would say if you want like a deep, deep dive into these stories, I did find a book that sounds like a good resource. It's by Amy C. Evans. She's a Southern author. I don't know if you came across her, but she has a book called A Good Meal is Hard to Find, Storied Recipes from the Deep South. Oh, that sounds fun. And she conducted specifically a lot of hot tamale, um, like oral history, even for the Southern Foodways Alliance. Okay. And did a lot of research. So if this is really, really interesting to you, I'll link to that in the show Well, I have a book to mention as well. Um, A lady by the name of Ann Martin, she wrote a book called Delta Hot Tamales, History, Stories, and Recipes. And um, she's also the co-founder of the Delta Hot Tamale Festival, which we'll mention a little later. Um, we gotta go. We have to go. It's in Mississippi. Yes. Greenville, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's set to happen in October of this year. We'll see if (laughs) if they actually get to do it. But as of right now, it's on. Um, Anyway, so let's talk about Delta tamales. Um, They're found in some unique places. This is not just, yes, you will find them in restaurants in the area, but think super casual. So thank you for mentioning this. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to find these in roadside stands, um, possibly um, on carts, even. Um, yeah. I mean, very, very casual now that I'm thinking of it. Think like, of, like even the pictures that you probably saw. This is something that it's, sometimes it's in a full blown restaurant. Right. But sometimes for people, this is a side gig. So it even some of the best ones started from somebody making them and selling them out of their car or their little push cart. I even saw a picture of one of those like bicycle carts where a guy was, you know, pulling that and selling them out of the back. So so funny. Yeah. Gas stations in the areas have them. So I suspect that this is on the radar for the foodiest of foodie restaurants. This just sounds like... (laughs) just the type of menu item that a foodie restaurant is going to make a little different and charge an exorbitant amount that's hilarious right because they've done some cool chic thing they've got a special tamale sauce that they've come up with but you're absolutely right and if you listened to last week's episode we did go ahead and let you know that we had some tamales on our paducah trip yes and we ate at doe's eat place which the original is in Greenville, Mississippi. That's right. And the, they're well known for tamales. Yes. Those same owners have a place in Paducah, but the original down in Mississippi, it opened in 1941 
It's run by a Sicilian family. That, <laughs> now, they started using parchment paper instead of corn husks because their demand was increasing so much. So I think the parchment paper was, was just... Was probably cheaper and easier. easier. And that is what we uh, we were served ours with parchment paper. That's correct. Um, but yeah, sorry, I might be getting ahead of us. No, well, I just list, got tickled but... too because... I did read that now automation allows does to make them 150 dozen per hour. And I have heard that from some people that know tamales, that there's certain restaurants that have the machine. Okay. That can do this. But just it real- would, this, this that I was reading also said that would take more than two days to do by hand. So they've, you know, hit the numbers that they can buy the fancy equipment yeah but um this is a great example of one of those episodes that we wanted to tell y'all about but that i am in no way endorsing somebody to give this recipe a shot on your own just go oh try some of somebody well, I that printed out a recipe yeah just to even be able to discuss kind of how you do it and the differences in what people think of as a mexican tamale yeah versus a delta tamale but yeah, this is intensive. Like, Very intensive. And you're making a lot. So I was thinking, I can see me doing this for like a fundraiser or oh, like a, a good idea. church party or something like that. But I would never go through all of this for no. me to eat on. I'd be eating on it for weeks. You would be so sick of it. So apparently they so, do freeze well. I was going to say, there would be so many frozen tamales in, in my your- little bitty freezer. But just real quick, back to your point of the casualness of restaurants that are typically serving this. Even Doe's Eat Place is a very rustic building, yet they were named a 2007 James Beard Award winner. And their- that is a very distinguished award know. to win as a restaurant. So it's just funny that, you know, even like someone receiving that high of an honor it's not like they've moved into a grand spot. To, That's true. And then received their award. Well, I also so. read that the Cigna is the name of that Sicilian family that started okay. Doe's. And I have heard that the husband has not even shared it with the wife in the family. Stop. Like, it's very secret recipe. So. Oh, wow. Anyway, I don't know if that's... That's a fun, makes for a fun story for sure. Not. But now let's talk about, okay, so first of all, one of the differences that I've noted is these are much smaller than what I visualize a Mexican tamale. I visualize okay, yeah. a Mexican tamale as being like maybe two and a half, three inches across. Okay. Whereas these are pretty small. Yeah. They're often eaten as an appetizer. Yes. Or um, you'll see people eat them, like several of them as a meal mm-hmm. and sometimes it's even served with chili over it yeah in the delta even make it's it, kind of make it even more hearty yeah the ones we had at Doe's were served with chili on the side right which I kind of liked it like that I did too because I wanted to know just exactly what this tasted like aside, aside I know what from, chili tastes yeah. like I didn't want that to mask the taste yeah so main difference in Cornmeal, which we're familiar with very much in the South, and masa, which is what a Mexican tamale would be made of, or masa harina, is that masa is, well, first of all, it wasn't super easy for them to find when they first came to Mississippi. Hello. So they used it. um, It's made of corn, but it's ground much finer. And it's usually the same consistency as like an all-purpose flour. 
And so you would even sometimes hear masa described as cornflour. Okay. So, I mean, really fine. And then a delta tamale made with cornmeal, you're more familiar with that. That's going to be pretty coarse. That's just dried corn. Um, So they already had that in the pantry because they were making cornbread. Yeah. That's going to be grittier in texture. And so that's going to produce two very different Absolutely. Tamale experiences. Yeah. And then the boiled meat is going to make it a little different mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Typically, you're going to see these um, as pork or beef. Occasionally, you'll see turkey or something else, but usually pork or beef. Mm-hmm. The ones we had were beef. Yep. Um, and another big difference is a Mexican tamale is usually steamed. True. These are boiled. Okay. And they're called hot tamales. Yes. Because they're red hot. <laughs> they are. Um, they're, they're, you know, spiced by taste. You know, like different places are going to make them different ways. But you'll often see the spiciness either in the meat. Yeah. Or in the cornmeal dough. Yeah. Or in or the both. water that they say, boil it in. Or both. Yeah. Did you notice the ones we got at Doe's had kind of like a... They were very watery around them. And it had like an, like some, you could tell that the water had spice in it. Yes. I could just tell yeah. that's. That so stuff. chili powder, paprika, cumin, cayenne, mm-hmm. salt, pepper, maybe yeah. some sugar. <laughs> Little um, garlic powder, onion powder, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I just, as with anything, people have their own little secrets as to what makes theirs different. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so these are typically rolled in a corn husk. Mm-hmm. So you can get corn husk dried and you just soak them while you're cooking your meat. Let those soak to get that softened up. That's usually what they're rolled in and then tied with a string to yeah. kind of keep it together. That like butcher twine kind of yeah. string. Yeah. But some people are using parchment paper instead. Right. Extremely labor intensive, as I already mentioned. Yeah. And another thing I was thinking is, this is somewhat messy. I mean, I was thinking like, not the kind of thing you want to eat on a first date or in a, you know, brand new silk blouse or something like that. Think casual again. Again, Like this may drip on you or kind of run down your arm. Like this is, (laughs) you know what I mean? Imagine yourself sitting down at a dirty picnic table outside in a gravel lot whatever you would wear to that setting that's what okay, you're gonna now you can exactly. wear that especially so, if it's covered in chili all the more true. um what else would we say did we mention that the southern foodways alliance has a tamale trail we did places not, but yes okay. and it's a cool it's a cool setup on their website there's literally a map that's where you can see the different ones they say you know hey we try to keep it updated, but if you're making a trip, make sure you call the place before you oh, show gosh, up. yes. You know, again, these are casual kind of joints. Yeah. So who knows they who's can open. flip and- that closed sign around <laughs> pretty easy and uh, not have to make a big deal about it. But it's it. a great map because depending on where you are, if you're in Greenville, see what's all around there. If you're in, you know, the Memphis area, see what's close by. But yeah, they have it all laid out really nicely and... um Pick your joint that's on your on your route. But don't you think Doe's is where people would probably point most people to to start? Like, yeah, well, like, hey, you're in the area. 
that's definitely the one I've heard of the most. Yeah. Um, one other one I wanted to make sure and mention is in the area of um, Clarksdale. We did an episode. Oh, yes. uh, it was actually season one, episode 32, on the Delta Blues. That was season one? Yes. That's, that, now, see, this is Isn't getting weird because now I'm feeling so far removed well, from that. That's wow. when that was. And when we make this trip to the tamale festival i definitely there's a few places i wanted to hit on that blues map as well yeah um but we mentioned a place called ground zero blues club um and it's morgan freeman was one of the co-owners if you remember us talking about that anyway they're supposed to have great hot tamales yeah um so that would be a fun place to hear music and get the yummy tamale taste Um, they also have burgers, hot dogs, Frito pies, and things like that. So um, several places in that Clarksdale area are known for their hot tamales. Mm-hmm. And there was even, we mentioned a um, singer on that episode who apparently sold his soul to the devil or something for his oh music gosh, yes. gifting. He has a song about okay. the okay. Delta hot tamales. Robert Johnson, I think, is who that was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So entertainment and good food. See, we got <laughs> so y'all much covered. to do in the Delta. We got y'all covered. Okay, so about that Delta Hot Tamale Festival. Yes, about that festival that we that I really so des- want to go to. Desperately want to do anything these days. So the dates of that, in as of right now, they're saying it will happen October fourteenth to sixteenth. Okay, of this year. Go to their website just to make sure yes, please, that that's going to happen. Don't, don't hold me to your hotel us. reservation. Yes. Um, and it's a dish. It's it's an event that celebrates, obviously, that is the focus. Right. But they also, as with so many festivals in the South, have a pageant. So you're going to have the queen Stop. of the festival. I bet it's a high um, honor, too. Apparently, so. sometimes there's a tire that's made of corn husk and different <laughs> things like that that you'll see. A parade, because that's what we love to do in the South, right. is any excuse to have a parade. And a tamale eating contest. Okay. So, I don't know. That's going to be a great time of year, because I bet it's just going to be that perfect balance of not quite real cool fall weather. You know, yes. it's going to be light October sweater. in the South it's is be so light fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and I was even looking up just distances because there's a lot of things I want to do in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, this Greenville, where the festival is, it's um, just an hour and 20 minutes from Clarksdale, where the Delta Blues Museum was. Okay. And that's yeah. kind of the hub of the Delta Blues. Yes. Um, so you definitely could do both of those in sure. one trip. Sure. And Greenville's also two little bit less than two hours and 20 minutes from Oxford, Mississippi, where Ole Miss, Ole Miss is. Yeah. Also adorable town, great bookstore, you know, cute campus, all yeah. of that to see. Would be amazing to be around in the fall. Again. again. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So are we going? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. That's right. That all of this is happening. Well, I do want to mention, you know, we've, we've, said beef and pork right that those are primarily Typically what be. you're gonna see but sometimes turkey i was gonna say don't be shocked if you see chicken too chicken. because that book i mentioned earlier uh that author evans she said that you know you're starting to see even more delta tamales alongside mexican tamales so okay. i'm talking like same 
restaurant or same okay. mobile food truck kind of doing a little bit of both okay. some hybrid things so <laughs> you may even encounter like chicken with masa you know so okay. it feels like it's a you know meat you weren't ready for or it feels like delta of this and you know uh mexican tamale of this it just just enjoy whatever you well and i know some chefs up. some chefs hate that word fusion but let's face it that's what that is is kind of a fusion of two things well and that's how this came about and I mean, i've even heard that some of them are deep fried and we like to do that in the south as well so i feel so. like that would be a tennessee tamale <laughs> right like anyway. we fry um well if you are not going to be able to make your way to mississippi don't fret. I found at least two places that will ship them to your door. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody else in the country, listen up. So, um, and I did get tickled because, you know, we mentioned these aren't like grandioso chain restaurants or anything. So the websites looked a little tiny bit dated, but um, you just want to give links in the show notes accept a credit card though yes okay (laughs) they ship these in a cooler to your door now you're going to pay shipping i want to say the shipping was the one i was looking at uh like 17 or 17.95 something like that because they come you know so you're gonna you're not gonna order two you're probably gonna order dozens order for your whole Bible study like right get a Some group kind of- together that wants to go in on a tamale order and then split there them you up. go and I thought this was just good to know it said they stay in the refrigerator they keep for 21 days okay and oh, in the in freezer the fr- for a year so, so at just some order point, a whole bunch for your family and you'll go through them. at some point you're gonna want yes want these in the next year so go ahead and order them now yeah I'll put some links in the show notes so yeah got one was places. called Scott's Hot Tamales Okay. Com, and the other one was cc's hot tamales.com so and imagine how much they're probably in need of business right now right now so i know if you can that would be a fun i wish i would have gotten some for us today but well. i failed to meet the timelines and all so all of a sudden an episode is upon us that's right it just uh, all these fly week to week and then all of a sudden we look back and you're referencing things from episode one, season 32, yeah. Delta Blues. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. We've been doing this a while, but it doesn't get old. It's so fun. Well, I will say that my first real tamale experience was in Paducah, and I was very pleased. I was surprised at how soft the texture was uh-huh. in general. Because even though I, you know, I I knew just even based on this research, how it was prepared. I still expected, I don't know. I expected it to be a little crunchy. Okay. Even just like the meat itself, more of like a taco meat kind of, not that taco meat's crunchy, like a beef is what I'm talking about right now. It was so smooth. Yeah. I mean, you didn't need a knife. You didn't need, you know, like, I mean, it was just very soft and smooth. And I can see why people would want to put chili on it, though I really liked it next to it, because yeah. those two flavors together I thought were great. Oh, they complemented so yeah. well. Yeah. So I definitely would encourage anyone to try it. It was very tasty. And I think next time I might want to experiment with some sauces. Yes. With it, aside from even that, like, kind of fluid. Now, I didn't think they were hot at all. Did you think they were? So, I even would like hot sauce with mine. I think that would be tasty. That's what I was going to say. Some hot sauce would have been really good. Hot sauce. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Get me a little crystal or Louisiana, and I'll be good to go. That's right. If you don't know about Southern hot sauces, we did a whole episode episode on that, too. So, Well, Well, um, yeah, if anybody makes these, I would love to hear your stories of how you do it and why and all that jazz, too. Yeah. So good. All right, sis. That was fun. That was so fun. Thank you for bringing this up. Peace be with you. And also with y'all.